everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life Podcast, and we interview entrepreneurs from all around the world. And I'm super excited today to be with Avani Miryala. She is uh, the head of a consulting, successful, super successful consulting firm. Like they're probably going to book multiple clients just this week, and it's super exciting to have her. She's also the podcast host of Beyond the Status Quo podcast. If you're not subscribed yet, please subscribe, hop on, give her an amazing review. And she's a money mindset expert, systems expert. She's also a UX designer. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to be able to collaborate with her and get to know her even on a personal level because our both of our home bases are the same. And I'll hand it over to, to Avani to introduce herself a little bit more. Awesome. Thank you, Allison. So it's so good to be here. And we just recorded a podcast for Beyond the Status Quo. And now it's great to hear for the Empire Life <laughs> podcast. Um, and it's been a fun day of chatting with Allison. And I have so much that I'm excited to cover. But just to piggyback on what Allison said. So I run my own consulting business. And I'm also someone who's helps other people become consultants and freelancers. I have a interesting journey. I'm still on the journey. This journey is going to go on for a long time. But I started out as a UX designer and I loved what I did. I studied design. I moved into UX design. I worked with some amazing companies, technology companies, and made great money in the technology industry. If you're a UX designer, you're pretty well off compared to other design industries. So I was really excited about what I was doing. I was learning so much. And I was working with great people, like everything looked amazing. But then as the years went on and I was at working at one of the tech companies that I was at, I suddenly one day looked around and realized that my learning curve had plateaued significantly and I wasn't being challenged anymore. And I'm the type of person that can get bored super easily if I don't feel challenged. And I started to feel so stagnant, so stuck. Um, it was such a crippling feeling to know that I was going to go to work and that I was going to work on a few things, but that I wasn't being challenged anymore, that my impact was starting to be more and more minimal just as the company's priorities changed. And that's what happens with the business, you know, priorities change. So I had this feeling inside of me that I could do so much more. <laughs> and I was so frustrated that I felt like I was boxed in. That wasn't to any person's fault or anything. The company that I've worked with and the, and the people that I worked with were on great terms. But for me, I needed to do something different. So I evaluated all these options, um, going to an agency, going to a different company. I kind of knew that wasn't for me because I thought, okay, I'm going to go through the same cycle again. Like how many times am I going to do this? So finally I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to try this. I have some money saved. I I know my skills are good. I know I'm good at what I do. I know people would love to work with me. So I'm just going to try. So I went out there last, I would say early last year, end of Q1 and started talking to people, having conversations, getting advice and telling people that I'm going to do this and I'm looking for freelance clients. And then all of a sudden I landed one. It took me a little while, but I landed one. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this works. And I had this confidence in myself and slowly that grew because I got better at business development. I got better at talking to people, showing them what my value was. And that kind of like tumbled and snowballed into more and more. So 
now I'm excited that I'm getting to do that. I built a six figure consulting business that is a sustainable six figure consulting <laughs> business um, within six months of launching my consulting practice. So wow. now I'm helping other people do that. That's incredible. All of that is Thank incredible. <laughs> and it's scary to launch into that. And like we were talking about on the beyond status quo of how it's like, Oh, am, am I going to be able to add value? Is the people want to buy from me? And like you said, like having that first client or that first proof of concepts, like, okay, it, this is real. And that's how I felt with our first client with Empire Life. I'm like, okay, this is for real. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to pay me that they really believe in me. And this is really happening. All right. We're yeah. all in. I feel like you, <laughs> you're not like all in until that point. And you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, they believe in me. Maybe even more than I believe in myself at this point. And, and then moving forward. And from there you continue. It's like, that first client, you're flying the airplane of your company and you're starting to get off the ground and you're like, okay, yeah, we're starting to fly, starting to fly and you start to accelerate and get higher and launch and scale. And that leads me to the next question is that you are an expert in systems and productivity. Can you touch on that a little bit? Like, and, and especially because you have a six figure business right now, I'm sure that you have list upon list and time blocks and millions of productivity <laughs> hacks for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So this is something that by the third month of my business, I knew I needed to get good at. So I was getting clients and I hit my capacity very quickly as a individual contributor. So I'm a UX designer. I sit in Illustrator, Photoshop, Sketch, and I'm working on designs for my clients. And I hit my capacity really, really fast because when you're running a business, you also have all these admin tasks. You have to think about um, contracts and taxes and um, is your, are you going to be able to, you know, pay taxes at the end of the year or are you going to pay yourself? How are you going to set it up? Are you going to work with subcontractors or not? There's so many things and then invoices and tracking your invoices and incomes and expenses. Oh my gosh, it's so much. So I was, <laughs> and you know this very well, Allison, you've been doing this for a while. You know this very, very well. So I was so, um, I was overwhelmed and I was doing it all, but I was working like 50, 60 hour weeks. And I came from a job where I honestly, I did real work probably only 30 hours a week, even though I showed up 40 hours a week or something at the office. So that's where I came from and I did good work, but now I was working 50 to 60 and I was like, well, I didn't start my own business to, you know, to do this. I didn't want to feel burnt out. I was working 12 to 14 hour days on some days because I just needed that time to get everything done. My business was also very time dependent at that time, which is a conversation for another day about pricing and whatnot. But I was just putting all this on myself and I was like, this is it. This is enough. I can't do this anymore. This is not sustainable. I want to have the quality of life that I always dreamt about. I want to be able to go on a vacation and work from the beach if I want to for an hour and then jump in the water. I want that lifestyle especially at this time in my life where it's me and my fiance, we don't have any kids, we don't have a dog, we want that lifestyle right now. So that's why I decided to go do research and I poured myself into articles, podcasts, courses, I purchased courses, I did a lot of research on productivity, what is the best way to get things done, what can I automate, what can I schedule out, 
because we have access to amazing technology. It's 2018. You know, why are you running a business like it's 1998 when it's 2018? Exactly. <laughs> so I needed to have those systems. And there's so many systems. I can go on about this. I have an amazing checklist and cheat sheet that I put together. If you want to access it, you can go to avani.blog slash systems, A-V-A-N-I.blog slash systems. But I do want to share a few of those right now here while we're talking. So the most important one, I think, I mean, they're all important. One of the ones that's helped me a lot was to actually do batch work. So I want to group like work on with like work on a certain time of day or a certain day of the week. So my entire week has certain tasks that I've designated for each day. Because if you think about it, as an entrepreneur, we are always wearing 300 hats. <laughs> you know, I'm the social media coordinator. I'm the marketing manager. I'm the accountant. I'm the finance person, <laughs> the analytics girl. You know, there's all these things. And I'm a designer. And I'm like... QA and, and whatever. And pod, oh yes, podcasting. <laughs> I'm a blogger, I'm a writer, I'm a copywriter. Look at all these things that we're doing. Imagine if I was working on QA and then I suddenly had to stop and write an email and then I had to stop and you know write my blog post and then release my podcast. Those are so many moments that I'm switching tasks. Task switching takes a lot of effort and energy for our minds. The human mind People say multitasking is awesome. I'm like, oh, I get so much done multitasking. It's not awesome because I can guarantee you, you haven't done as quality of work and you probably took more time to do it. And that even if you think you got it done, it's going to actually affect the rest of your life and the rest of the tasks that you do. That multitasking um, mentality for your brain. It's not good for you. So task switching is when I'm like really hard and focused on writing a blog post and all of a sudden I like get distracted by an email that comes in. It's like, it's almost like you're a squirrel, <laughs> you know? And when I get distracted, I'm like, Oh, let me respond to Allison emailed me. I want to do a podcast with her. I'm going to respond to her and I respond. And then I'm like, wait, where was I on my blog post? How much time did I lose by just doing that? How much mental capacity did I lose by doing that? That's ridiculous, and we're too busy for that. So that's why I do batch work. So for me, Mondays, um, Mondays are meeting days with like external meetings, clients, admin work. I typically, once in a while, I'll do actual individual contributor type work on Mondays, but that's usually reserved for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday, I allow myself to have client meetings, mostly, um, I, I'm doing less client meetings, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but it's hard to, sorry, um, what is it called? Hard to dis designate those as much because sometimes clients are like, oh, I need your help. So I'm still working on that, but I do internal meetings those days and do client work only. So I'm not working on content on these days. And um, Mondays, sorry, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'm allowing myself to do content work. So I'm recording podcasts on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, I only do podcasts on at a certain time on Wednesday because the rest of the time I need to do individual contributor work. Um, I call them my design Wednesdays where I'm just doing design work the entire day, the entire morning, um, probably until, until the afternoon, until I take a break. So that's kind of how my week laid out. Um, Monday, external meetings, admin work. Tuesdays, I do client work and some client meetings and internal meetings. Wednesdays is design and podcasting. 
Thursdays is client and client work and internal meetings and Friday is podcasting. Friday is also my lax day where I'm like, oh, I'm going to podcast till uh, 11 a.m. and I'm off the rest of the day. <laughs> so um, hopefully that's, I know I talked really fast. I talked a lot just now, but hopefully that's clear on how batch work goes <clears throat> yeah. and how it works. Yeah, I love, I love that tactic. And I, I ran into that at the beginning of Empire Life as well, where I was like having client meetings every day of the week, starting from 9am. And I'm not a morning person. One of the reasons why I loved being in corporate as a software developer, I know we talked about that before, because yeah. you don't even get started on your day until like, <laughs> Like nothing yeah. developers or people in software until like 10 a.m. And that's where I was coming from before starting Empire Life. And I'm also not yeah. a morning person. So I started questioning, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I suffering? Like it felt like suffering to have a meeting at 9 a.m. Yeah. So I started looking at, okay, what can I do in the morning? What tasks can I take care of in the morning? Or maybe if I need to take a nap, which I don't take that many naps, but if I need to, can I give myself that time on some days where I maybe I was working really late because I tend to be a night owl the night before, maybe I'll need a nap. I need to put that flexibility in my schedule and I want to start, so I don't start any meetings till 1 p.m. most nice. days. And that's only two days a week. So I yeah. designated two days only for client meetings because another thing I started noticing just like you was that I was getting really distracted by that task switching. Like mm -hmm. if I have, if I had meetings with my team, my internal team for empire life, and then I'm switching over to talking with a client, it felt like it was on a very different track and not on the same, not really on the same wavelength. So yeah. it's like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are designated for if a meeting does come up, I can allow that, but they're designated for me working on client work and with my team. Nice. So I, like I had that. it open in case it was to come up that I needed to spend time. That can also look like emailing my team, having those meetings, and and also taking a little bit more me time on those days. Yes. So and not as many meetings and I'll be like, <laughs> okay, what do I want to do for me today? Okay, I have time to work out. I have time to rest a little bit more. What does that look like for me? Uh, awesome. We, that, That's a great point. You mentioned, um, you mentioned that you don't do well with 9 a.m. meetings. <laughs> I think that that's another thing to layer in is when are you the most productive? When are yes. you going to be the most effective? And that's super important because I'm a morning person and Allison's oh. a night owl. <laughs> so how can we play to our strengths there? And um, there's just so many other things I want to share, but we don't have all the time in the world right now. And uh, my cheat sheet that I put together is going to show you how to save 17 hours in your week. And that seems like a large claim, but I can guarantee you I've experienced this. So um, it's avani.blog slash systems, A-V-A-N-I.blog. So I highly Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, wrote it down. I wrote it down. Yes. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get that one. That sounds amazing. Forward slash. Is forward slash the one that leans to the right? <laughs> yeah, it leans to the right. <laughs> Yes, it is a forward slash. 
I, I always designate that because in coding, it can be either one. So, I mean, depending on. So. Oh, <laughs> you can tell she's a developer and I'm a designer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I want to go back to that. Yeah, I love, so you're, you're, you're touching on project management, project management and productivity in that freebie and that that's incredible. And I want to switch gears a little bit on money mindset. So, and this came up when we were having our conversation over coffee the other day about, wow, it's especially for female entrepreneurs, I will say, like, wow, am I deserving of all of this energy and money? Well, I see money like energy that I need to have this vessel or the capacity to, I need to be that big or my vessel is big that I can accept it and let it flow out, let it flow in. That's more my philosophy. And I feel like a lot of us at the beginning, we're like, whoa, we take a step back and like, am I deserving of this? Is this something, wow, this person's paying me? Oh my gosh, it feels so different, especially than when you're in corporate and you're getting a paycheck because you did two weeks of work and you get paid and then you did two more weeks, you get paid. It's a very different energy. It feels yeah. super different. And especially if you're, as you raise your prices and you're paid in a higher amounts, like thousands a month, you're like, wow, this is a lot coming in. This is way more than I'm used to. Like when you reach that threshold also of going over your corporate income that you were making, and that was even like, okay, that's coming in, it's going out, it's coming in. But it, it's such a different mindset. Can you Absolutely. go into that a little bit more? Yeah, I'd love to. So having, making that switch, we now as business owners, you know, if you're a consultant, you're a freelancer, you are a business owner. So now you have your hand on the dial. You get to say, I get a, I get a raise today or I don't get a raise today. And all of that is in your hands, which is such an empowering thing. It's also a super overwhelming thing. And I think that all of us, not all of us, but most of us, I would say, come from a corporate background where I work 40 hours a week and I get paid, like you said, bi-weekly. And it's a guaranteed check that's going to come in no matter what. I feel good. I'm like, yeah, I guess I deserve this amount. You know, you might not be super happy about your salary. And some people complain about their salary a lot. But the, what's interesting is if they ever did get a raise, I don't know if they would be okay with it. Um, you know, let's say you made 50K and someone doubled your salary to 100K. They're, they're not mentally ready yet to accept that $100,000 salary every year. And that is where money mindset comes in. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I've thought a lot about this because it's something that I've come across as I've grown my business and received like really big checks or five figure months. And it's so exciting when that happens and I work my butt off, but there's this weird voice inside of me. That's like, Oh, you know, um, let's slow down or let's put the brakes on this because like, who are you to make a hundred and I don't know, but $50,000 this year, who are you to hit a 300 K year? You know, who do you think you are? There's this voice inside of our heads. And it's just that voice is like, almost it's coming from our primal side you know it's our instincts have primed us to be safe to play it safe as humans because that's how we survive that's how we continue to live and um for that reason you're like oh making a fifty thousand dollar salary is safe for me 
So I'm going to stay in this zone because it's predictable. It's safe. I have a paycheck coming in or, you know, even if you're not a, if you're not a job and you're a freelancer and you're like 50,000 is safe because I know it's predictable. I'm not, I'm not worried about what are the other things that are going to come with making hundred thousand dollars. Sometimes people use tax brackets as a way to say like, Oh, I should stay, I should pay myself less. I should not get more clients so I can stay within a tax bracket. No, these are all limiting beliefs that you've built for yourself. You've built this little fortress. You're like, I'm going to stay, play it safe and nothing's going to happen to me. I'm not going to lose anything ever. You're not going to grow either. You know, we all say we have these lofty dreams and goals of digital nomad lifestyle and I want to be a millionaire. How are you going to be a millionaire if you're not ready to mentally be a millionaire? So that's where money mindset comes in. And, and there are so many things we could talk about when it comes to money mindset. Um, I'm just going to touch on a few of those things. I also have a cheat sheet for you guys on this one, and I'll um, show, you, show you the link in a second. But the most important thing is that money is, we have to understand that money is energy. Money is an exchange of energy. It can flow in and it can flow out. Money is also it's great because it can signify to you how much value you are adding to the world. Money is actually proportionate to the number of people you add value to, no matter what number of people you add value to. So if you look at people out there like Oprah, how many people has she added value to? And it's not like she's transformed everyone's life, but she's added so much value. And that's what money is. It's a significant signifier of that thing. Um, the value you've added. And so that's why a great way to reframe your money mindset is to focus on adding value and saying, if I hit 300K this year, that means I've added massive value to the people who are listening to me, to my audience, to the world around me. And that's why that framing of that mindset is so important. I want you to think about money as a flow of energy in and out. And the other thing I highly recommend is to write down some affirmations about money. I would recommend writing these down in a notebook for a healthy money mindset. And every morning, write them down 10 times and say them aloud as well. So you want to prime your mind. Like I said, if you want to be a millionaire, is your brain ready to be a millionaire? Are you going to be ready to accept those huge checks when they come in? So some example affirmations that I've used in the past, um, one of them, I have plenty of money and peace of mind. Money flows to me effortlessly. Awesome opportunities to make income and add value are constantly falling into my lap. And then one of this, one of my favorites, you might've heard it before. I actually got it from Angie Lee. She has her own podcast, Angie Lee show. She always says you like her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> um, I love her thoughts as well around this topic. You should check her out. But she says, whenever I swipe my credit card or hand over money when I'm buying something or paying for something, in her mind, she says, that's, there's more where that came from. Or even aloud, there's more where that came from. Oh, nice. So say it with feeling. Say it with gratitude. Let's, let's tell our brains how much we are really worth. And when you see that mindset start to shift, just look around you. All these opportunities are going to come up, and you're going to be making a lot more than you thought you were because you're shifting and reframing what you think about money. I come, I couldn't agree more. I completely agree. And then as those opportunities come up, you're actually going to have the opportunity to say no. Mm -hmm. that, that for me is a huge part of the money mindset too. Is like, okay, well, does this client feel good? Does it feel good? 
I'm not sure it's the best fit. And because you're coming from the, even if you look at your account and you're first starting out and you're like, I'm not sure, but because you are coming from that mindset of like, I know that another client who's a good fit for me will come into this space and I need to leave this space open right now. I, I cannot allow myself to take on something that doesn't feel good mm. because if I am that valuable, what I have to give is so valuable. I want to only let in the energy that I feel like is a good fit because it's always going to be a win-win. Like you said, in that exchange of energy, I wanted to ask you a question also about money mindset and you've probably seen it come up with a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. is like, if I take all of this money, like if I have this, like even a hundred K months, I will be, it will be unfair to the people that are not making that as much of that money. And I've heard people ask me that, like, I'm not sure that that's fair. There's so many people suffering in the world. Yeah. What is your answer to that? Well, I have a few <laughs> answers to that. So first of all, were you going to donate $100,000 to the suffering people in the world? Good question. <laughs> I love that. Because, because uh, I mean, one day I would, I want to do that. Like that's something that I want to do in 10 years, be able to do that. Or maybe sooner actually. <laughs> but you know, the people that are saying this, are they, would they actually put that money? If they made that money, would they give it away? Because if you truly believe in what you just, with the phrase that you just said, like, I don't feel good because there are starving people on this planet. If you truly believe that you would make that money and you would send it to those people who need it. And I can guarantee you the people who've said that to you wouldn't do that. So that's what makes me feel I would say 99%. I don't want to make too many generalizations here, but um, I, that is an indication to me that there is a limiting belief in this person's mind and that they feel like this is an excuse. You're making an excuse to not allow yourself to make that money or you're making an excuse to make yourself feel okay about where you are currently. And true. these are just, we're justifying to ourselves, right? Yeah, like when you say that probably the root belief on that is I'm not sure I'm deserving of this. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that is a scary thing to admit it, to say it out loud. A lot of people who say these things, they don't realize it because we have to do a lot of internal work to yeah. uncover these things, a lot of work. And that takes time and not everyone's ready to admit these things to themselves. There are stories that, have they have told themselves from childhood that their parents have unwill unknowingly put in their minds that they need to unravel and deal with. So everyone's money mindset journey, I would say, is very personal. I highly recommend you check out this book called How to Be a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. She talks about how she went on that journey and she gives some amazing tips on how you can as well and how to unravel those those limiting beliefs and really understand why they exist and then move past them. And I also mentioned, I mentioned this book as well as a few other resources in the checklist or in the cheat sheet that I was mentioning earlier. Perfect. It is um, avani.blog slash money mindset, A-V-A-N-I.blog slash money mindset. And that is a forward slash and it's money mindset, no dash, no space or anything. Um, so moneymindset.com. Okay, perfect. Um, it's avani.blog slash money mindset. Perfect. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I got that. And it's the same for the avani.blog slash systems. Systems. Correct. Correct. Okay. Cool. And another thing that, that seems to come up with the money mindset is <clears throat> I, I lost my train of thought was that or I'll have to think about that and come back to it. I no worries. No worries. Because we, we started talking about how they're not deserving. And yeah. How the, oh, my train of thought was on, you mentioned how people believe what they heard from, from childhood and they tend mm-hmm. to, to continue to believe that. And something for me, I was going to share something personal for me as I was raised in a, a super poor environment surrounded uh, like you call it like a ghetto and surrounded by by kind of lack of and mm-hmm. it was always like okay <clears throat> the more money you make the more you have to suffer and that for me it was a limiting belief I needed to let go of as I got older right. it's like that doesn't necessarily mean that you're suffering because you make more money that it doesn't actually match as mm-hmm. you break that down so I would suggest like to our listeners to break down the limiting belief of like, where did that come from? And as you break it down and you reconstruct your own belief, whenever my parents say something to me that is along their belief, it doesn't have any reaction in me anymore. It doesn't right. trigger me. Whereas in the past it did trigger me. I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't believe that. It was very stifling, especially as a child. When they will say certain things, I would be like, oh no, that's not me. I don't believe that but I would continue to actually live out the belief because I didn't think different. I hadn't broken down and like reconstructed and decided what do I want to believe in this, in this, um, this story, what is my personal story within this? And then being okay with someone else having their personal story that it doesn't have to match yours. Mm -hmm. You can both be, or both gain wealth or be wealthy in your own way. I, and and not necessarily agree on how to be wealthy or what's justified in being wealthy. Right. What, Everyone has their own way of working through it. And it's important to focus on you and try to lead by example, I would say. And I think that it's important to remember our subconscious minds are so powerful. Like you said, even though you didn't believe in it, there you didn't think you believed in it you're you were still kind of affected by it oh yeah for sure another limiting belief i wanted to share was that within that suffering context within my family i was told over and over again that you don't have to have a full cup mm-hmm. and it's okay to suffer and then give you know scraps to your to whoever your loved ones and i started to also understand that that doesn't really match or vibe with me I want Mm -hmm. to come from a full cup Mm -hmm. and that includes financially as well I want to make sure I have enough sleep I want to have a hot bath every week like I want to have a massage every now and then so like what does that look like for you and how you can come from a full cup I do believe that it comes back it it does relate to the money mindset as well that when I have more money I feel great I feel more abundant and what does that feel like? And then I can share more with the people around me. And that's actually better for them. It's better yeah. for everybody. So as you receive that energy, 
instead of looking at it as, oh my gosh, I don't know if I deserve this, that's actually being kind of selfish. Because mm -hmm. when you receive it, you're being unselfish in the way that you're like, wow, as I receive more, I get then get to give more. And I have more to give from this full cup of to the people that I love and that are around me. That, for me, really transformed also my money mindset. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, yeah. that's awesome. That makes so much sense. What's your viewpoint on that? So... I think, I think you're right. I agree with you that it's another, it's another limiting belief that we need to be suffering um, and that we need to, it's like, you need to take care of yourself. Honestly, I think it's beyond money mindset at this point is if you don't take care of yourself and have your bases covered to feel energized, you cannot do the work you're put here to do for other people and add value to other people. And of course, to take care of yourself, you need to have enough money to take care of yourself to do some of those things that you mentioned, like, you know, take a hot bath or go for a massage. And for example, you have a daughter, so you need to make sure she's taken care of too. So there are all these things that build up and a healthy money mindset will be a good foundation for all of those things that we've been talking about so that you can have a peace of mind that's really important. And you can take care of yourself. You can have a great hot bath after, you know, podcast session and you can really, really enjoy it. And then because your cup is now full, not just like your bank account is full, but your emotional cup, your spiritual cup, your energy, you're energized again. You can now keep that flow coming in and allow that to go to other people as well. And I think a lot of people are talking about this these days. It's not about burning out, but it's about working smart, taking care of you so that you can help take care of others. Exactly. And before we hop off of Avani, I wanted to also touch on the, the five, like if you were starting from scratch right now, like you're about to start a new business. What would be like the five top tips that you will tell somebody? I wish I will, like, I wish I will have, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, this, I will have so much more success faster. So I, many things, so many things. <laughs> I would say, um, you are better than you think you are. <laughs> you're like the competence, it's there, and you're good at, so you're good at what you do. And you should price yourself higher <laughs> and you should say no more. And you mentioned that as well. The other thing is implement systems in your business as soon as you can, because that's super, super important. And keep learning. That's, I mean, I'm doing that now. I think that's something that I did well from the beginning is I kept learning I want to be a sponge. I want to absorb as much as I can. Since I left my nine to five, my learning has skyrocketed. I've never had this much creative clarity before. I've never had this many ideas before. And that is just due to the fact that I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly talking to people like you, Allison. I'm constantly looking at other people are doing that are successful and trying to see what are the pieces that will work in my business, reading books, reading isn't a bad thing. You should read books, um, listening to podcasts, attending events, conferences, courses, you name it. 
you need to be addicted to learning and be voracious learner, voracious reader. Yeah. <laughs> curious. I feel like uh, the curiosity, you need to never let your curiosity burn out. Like, correct. That's how I feel. Were you always curious as a child too? Yeah, I think so because my parents, I mean, you can look at the books behind me. I'm in my dad's office right now. Look at all those books. <laughs> like, this is something that I've seen as I grew up. So I'm like, well, that's what people do. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm going to do. And so that's kind of what influenced me to be like this. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, that's not credit to me. It's credit to my parents for being able to set that example. And, and I'm thankful for that. I realize that not every hat everyone has that example, but I hope that I can help inspire people to be that example for themselves in the next generation. Yeah. Oh, me too. I love reading as well. And I, my daughter is a fer ferocious, what, what was the word? You voracious, voracious. voracious. You can be ferocious too, I guess. <laughs> it's like, we're always going, we give 30 books at a time to half price books and then get more books. Oh, that's awesome. It's hard to even keep up with her reading. And then she gets really upset when she doesn't have <laughs> another book to read, like a new book. And, oh. and I'm the same way. I got to where I was telling her, maybe you want to read one of my books. And she was like, oh, personal development. I'm not sure <laughs> yet. <laughs> It sounds boring, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's a kid's book, but I'm like, yeah, I think yeah. it can help you too. Uh, we need that. There are some. There are some good um, personal development books that could be for kids. Um, one of them is "Who Moved My Cheese," oh, and yeah. and the other one, "Being Happy" by Andrew Matthews, I think, because it has illustrations in it. Yeah. <laughs> is the "Being Happy" also a documentary? Maybe. I don't know. There's being happy and making friends. And I loved reading them. I liked reading them like three years ago. Not when, not even when I was a kid, but they're, they have little illustrations which makes them fun. So maybe oh, she would like those. Yeah. They're not as boring that way. I think. Cool. Cool. Do you have anything else that you would like to add before we hop off? No, thank you so much for having me. I love your questions, Allison. And I hope we get to do more of these in the future. Yeah, me too. Thank you for being <laughs> with us. Of course.